This episode is powered by Safety FM. The Crucial Talks Podcast with your host, Mike Saddam. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Crucial Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Saddam. Now, first, if you could do me a quick favor, I'd really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast and subscribe to it. That would help tremendously. And if you have the time, just click on that five-star rating. That really helps us grow the audience. And if you have any questions for me, you can always feel free to reach out to me by visiting www.crucialtalks.com or LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter, whatever works for you. Now, here on the Crucial Talks podcast, one of the areas we focus on is the need to have relationships with others and the fact that we are stronger together than we are alone. And we also talk a lot about human behavior and what keeps us from doing things that we want to do. What gets in our way? What does our perception have to do with it? And that's why I am truly looking forward to talking to today's guest, Linda West. Now, what's cool about Linda is that she focuses on making powerful and meaningful connections, and she does this in a number of ways. She's a speaker, a show host, film producer, author, and she is moving toward this higher level mastermind program that she's going to use to help others. It's really pretty cool, all the stuff she's doing. And I've looked at stuff like her book called The Year of Fears. um, And it's just been such an amazing experience to kind of get to know what she's about and her goals. And this mastermind really seems to be something that can benefit a lot of people because her, her mission really is to grow it to 2022 women by 2022. So during this podcast, we're going to get to talk to her about how she connects people, about how she uses her experiences to connect people. And really, this higher level goal of this mastermind really thinks, it really seems like everything is culminating into that. It's really awesome to watch. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Linda West to the Crucial Talks podcast. How are you doing, Linda? Great. Thank you so much, Mike, for having me. I'm really excited to be here because I love these topics. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you do because you've been you've been doing a lot. And as I'm watching everything you're doing, I know there is no way you started this last week. So <laughs> what is what was your journey like to get to this place where you're you're trying to reach this goal in 2022? I mean, what happened and what have you learned and how did you get here? Oh, wow. I got goosebumps you asking me that question because it's been an amazing journey. You know, sometimes when we are in the muck of things, we don't see it as the exciting journey that it really is. And then we get to the point that we're where we've up-leveled ourselves, our lives or what have you. And we look back and we're like, oh my God, that was an amazing journey. So that's where I am right now. Um, I've spent the last four years on this journey. Prior to that, uh, I was in the corporate world for 36 years. You know, I started working when I was 16. My very first job was working at a fair, like a, a county fair, you know, doing cotton candy. So I made cotton candy by day and, and I pooped, um, pooped, <laughs> I scooped, scooped, <laughs> I scooped poop at night. And I was, I always like to say, I did wash my hands in between, by the way, you know, <laughs> so like that was my first, uh, you know, indoctrination to the world of, you know, having a job and making money and all that stuff. And so I worked 36 years in the corporate world. And during those 36 years, I had 49 jobs. And I had to look at that and think like, why have I had so many jobs? Am I running away from something or am I running to something? Because oftentimes we might be running away from something, right? And then sometimes we're running to something. What I discovered is that I was 
really running to something because I wanted to grow and grow and grow. What would happen is that my jobs, I would max out and learn. I learned all I could at that particular job. And then it was time for me to move on to learn something new. So I've always been a person who's been, you know, I love education. I love learning. I love you know, sharing the knowledge that I have with others. And like, I was always the trainers at all of my jobs. I'm the trainer, like all of my jobs. I was the one who trained everybody. So I had this um, ability to train people and to share knowledge with them. So when I left my last corporate job, which was November of 2014, I left that job because, I want to say because, but because, you know, I had hired a life coach to help me figure out what's my purpose here? Who am I? What am I supposed to be doing here while I'm on this planet? Because I was coming to that crossroads. I was 51 years old. I had had 49 jobs. I was just so like not happy with my life. And, you know, I was happy with my personal life because my husband and I had been together for like 26 years by that time, happy with him, but not happy with our life as it stood because going to work every day, driving, and I just was so unhappy with what I was doing at work. So I hired this life coach and she helped me figure out a lot about myself, who I am, what my purpose is. And she helped me to discover something that I didn't know I didn't know. We don't know what we don't know, right? And what I didn't know is that I had value. I grew up in an abusive, alcoholic household, very like volatile, you know, a lot of furniture being thrown around, a lot of beatings and stuff. And a lot of People have experienced that too, but it's like, what do we do with that information later in our lives? Well, unfortunately, I married somebody just like my dad. My first husband was just like my dad, and I believed all the negative things he said about me. I believed I was unworthy. I believed that I was stupid. I believed that I was ignorant for 51 years of my life. Even though my current husband is amazing, he believes in me, he tells me how cool and great I am and how incredible I am. It didn't matter because I didn't believe it. So my life coach helped me to discover that. And that's what put me on this path to doing what I'm doing today. So it was November of 2014 that I quit my job. And I was like, this is it. I'm quitting my job. I told my husband, I'm quitting my job. We're going to sell the house. We're going to follow my dream and passion of helping people. And he was like, "Uh, we're not going to sell the house. You know, I get the job thing because you've had 49 jobs, right? And he's like, we're not going to sell the house. And I said, and I kid you not, this was so important to me. I said, you don't understand. God told me I need to do this. He put me on this path. He put me on this planet so that I can help people. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I do know that doing what I'm doing right now is not what I'm supposed to be doing here on this planet. So I quit my job. We sold our house. He said, okay, let's do it. I believe in you. I know you're going to figure this out and I'm with you all the way. I know how fortunate I am to have somebody like that. And um, it's been a journey. We've had our ups and downs throughout this journey for four years, trying to figure out what does that mean? Helping people. Awesome. That's really cool. But what does that mean? How am I going to do that? How am I going to apply all the skills that I learned the last 36 years working my corporate jobs how am I going to apply that to helping people? So I went on this quest, this journey to discover this. And I went through a lot of, you know, a lot of money, a lot of time. But now I'm here and I like realizing that my purpose 
and I figured out how I'm helping people. But I'll share with you quickly along that journey. It was November of 2014 when I quit my job. So January 1st of 2015, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm changing so much. My life is so different. I'm figuring things out. I'm on this path. I need to do something different this year than I've ever done in my entire life. And I realized that I had so many fears. You know, when you grow up in abuse, when you grow up with um, your people telling you bad things about yourself and stuff, and you believe them, there's a lot of fear. So much fear is just enveloped. For me, it was at least in my body and in my mind. So I decided I was going to face a fear every single day in 2015. So what I would do is every morning I wake up, I'd open my eyes and I would say out loud, what scares me? First thing I said every morning, what scares me? For 365 days, what scares me? Every day was a different fear. And I waited until the answer came. Whatever answer came up was the thing I had to do that day. I had to face those fears every single day because I knew I had so much fear. And I knew that breaking through fears would do something for me, something I didn't know what. And what was incredible was at the end of the year when I had faced all those fears and I looked back and I always look back monthly in retrospect to see how much I've grown because I grow constantly, constantly looking for growth. But I would look back at that year and I was like, oh my gosh, I have done so many incredible things. I met so many inspiring, motivational people. Like I met them in person. These people that I admired put on a pedestal. I had met them in person because I put myself on this path to breaking through all these different fears that I had. And it was so cool because I had gained confidence that I didn't even know was possible because we don't know what we don't know. Now I discovered that, oh my, my goodness, there's so much confidence out there that I can have. These people have that confidence. Tony Robbins has that confidence, like unshakable confidence, right? Why can't I have that? So I put myself on this path to have that. And that's where I am now. It's been four years of this journey. Facing those fears every single day was like huge catapulting into my life. And leading me into the mastermind that I'm doing now, I've been doing masterminds for four years. And I've been in masterminds and I've led masterminds for four years. And where I am now, it's like just so different because I've tapped into those people that I've met along that journey. Like for those who know, you know motivational speaker, Les Brown, I had an opportunity to sit down with him for a couple hours for him to just teach me. Jack Canfield, he wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, you know, the books Chicken Soup for the Soul, and they've sold over 500 million copies. I had an opportunity to sit down with Jack Canfield to just talk with him and learn from him. So I've had so many amazing mentors in my life that have taught me so much that I can now impart to the members of my mastermind and help them grow, help them up-level their lives. Because when we up-level our lives, we have positive impact on those who surround us. Those who want to, to do so much more in their life, they follow us. They follow our you know, inspiration, our motivation. Like We are able to help them to think differently about themselves and to grow into somebody who can inspire and motivate other people. And that's what I love doing. That's what I'm here for. That's my purpose here on this planet. Wow, that's quite the quite the journey, quite the story. So as I'm 
which I'm kind of unpacking everything you said because a lot went on there. Yeah. I really kind of narrowed in on on a couple of things. And the first thing was that you realized that you had value and but it took time to realize that. I mean, you even said that with your current husband, even though he was giving you a lot of, of good feedback and and telling you good things, you didn't believe it. And what that draws me to is the power of perception in everybody's life. So the first thing that, that kind of drew my attention was the fact that you you learned a way to change your lens, that you didn't have to focus on the negative, that you were able to focus on the positives. Now, in that experience, did, is that what you saw happening? Was you were able to change perception and instead of of really seeing negatives, you started seeing positives because one of the things I say to people is, are you believing what you're seeing or are you seeing what you're believing? Did you see that in your own life? This is a great question because there's, there's two uh, quick stories that point to actually answer your question. Uh, One was that that moment that I discovered I had value. I remember it so well. It's crystal clear in my mind because it was that huge epiphany, right? The thing that like opened up my entire my entire being of who I am. And then I had to discover like, what does this mean? Right? So that moment was, I was attending a, uh, like a workshop. There were 14, it was at a women's conference and 14 women in the, in the room. And the person putting on the workshop asked a question. I raised my hand for the first time in my life, by the way, because I was always a person who sat in the back of the room. I never wanted to say anything when I attended networking events. I hate it when they went around and asked like, who are you and what do you do? Because I was just trembling. I have, was so filled with fear of judgment. So I raised my hand in this uh, workshop and I said something. And uh, I, was, I stood up and I said something. And when I sat down, the two ladies next to me said, that was brilliant. Will you repeat it? I want to write it down. And that was the moment I was like, oh my gosh. I said something out loud for the first time in my life. For the first time in my life, I was 51 years old when I finally spoke out and said something, voiced my own opinion. And these women thought it was brilliant. And I said to myself, that's this moment forward, I must share what I'm thinking at all times because there's somebody out there who probably needs to hear what I have to say. I have value. I remember that moment. So then we fast forward maybe a couple months later I was attending an event, and this is exactly what you're talking about. This is what happened. I walked into this event, and that day I decided that from this point forward, again, like we can make decisions to change our entire life, but we have to take action. A decision doesn't mean anything if you don't take action on that decision. So I made a decision, and my decision was that from this point forward, I'm going to accept all criticism with an open mind and an open heart. And boy, was I put on the ringer to test myself and to see if I was really open to that. Because I was attending this three-day event. This woman um, tapped me on the shoulder and she goes, hey, Linda, can I talk to you? And I was like, yeah, of course. Like, I was really excited. I was so excited. I loved this event. It was absolutely amazing. Taps me on the shoulder and I'm like, yeah, of course, let's go talk. And I have this um, like quizzical, childlike um, mental state that I was in because I was so open to possibilities of everything at this moment. And so she said, you know what? I have a lot of money and you know what? I could help you out with what you're doing, but the way you dress 
the way you wear your hair, and at that time I didn't wear any makeup at all, you don't wear makeup or anything, the way you present yourself, I just don't think I could trust you with my money. And my first initial reaction was, wow, like that was it, really, wow. And I was so grateful to her. And I was honestly, honestly accepting the criticism exactly like I said I would. Open mind, open heart. And I thanked her for having the, for loving me enough to tell me this. Because if I wanted to step into a next level, I needed to learn like what was next level? What does that mean? What does that look like? I didn't know. I didn't grow up in that. I grew up in poverty. So Dolly Parton, she tells this story of how when she was growing up, all she wanted was to be able to have enough money so she could dress like those women did in town. Well, those women in town were hookers. So her perception, as you're talking about perception, was that if you have money, that's what you look like. That's what you dress like. Because she saw those hookers and they dressed up so well. And so her perception was that, right? So in my mind, because I grew up in poverty, to me, someone, you know, having their hair done nicely wasn't enough. But I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to do it. So this woman gave me insight into what are people who are affluent looking for. If, if I want to be part of that, or if I want them to donate to charities that I'm supporting, I want to make sure that I'm representing those charities that those people will support. And I looked at that with like the judgment that she had against me. I looked at it as a positive. Was it hard? Actually, no, because I had that open mind and that open heart. And it really honestly was there. Well, wow, I think that's a great story because one of the things we talk about here on the podcast is, is what drives human behavior and how the roles that we, we play and how we see others and the roles they play actually have a very strong impact on how we relate to each other. And, and it comes down to this, like if somebody were to come up to you or anybody and say, hey, I don't like the way you dress, I don't like your hair, there's absolutely no way I could trust you based on how you look right now, a lot of people would would create a, a conflict there, right? Like they would shut down, they wouldn't engage, they wouldn't do what basically you did. And by seeing somebody, not as an outgroup or not as an enemy, but as somebody you can learn from or somebody you can gain value from, actually allowed you to see that person in an entirely different way. And I think that's an awesome story that we can all learn from because if I'm standing shoulder to shoulder with somebody looking at the exact same situation, we could experience it two completely different ways just based on what we're, what we are perceiving and what we are believing and how we are focusing on that person. And it sounds like you didn't focus on her as an enemy but you focused on her as somebody that you can gain value from. Completely. Yeah. And, and since that time, which has been, you know, this four year journey I've been on it, I've kept that open mind and open heart. Every once in a while I find myself, you know, backslide into having that twinge of, Ooh, that hurt. But then I, I recognize like, Oh, that's because I have this judgment against what they said, you know? And so it's been interesting because you've, growing up in the abuse, I, you know, my, my dad was very stern and he had, he carried around so much anger, you know, and I'm so glad I didn't become that person as well. But 
I met my mentor. His name is Greg Reed. Absolutely amazing man. You know, he's known as the millionaire mentor. He's done some incredible things. I learned so much from this man. But when I first started um, being mentored by Greg, I had this twinge of feeling that Greg was like my dad. Not because he's an angry person, because he's not. But there was something about him that I put Greg in the same bucket as my dad. So when Greg would say something to me, I immediately got scared because my dad, I had a lot of fear around my dad. But what I had to realize is that Greg is not my dad. He's teaching me. And as long as I have this open mind and this open heart to learn from him, I will learn from him. But if I shut myself down due to fears, then I won't learn from him. And so the, re- the reason why I put Greg in that same kind of bucket as my dad is because Greg is very straightforward. He's like, he's, he doesn't waste time. And I'm so grateful for him teaching me how to learn that a different person is a different person than the, you know, who, who I kind of like put them in that same bucket. And I used to have these fears at work. Like when I had my jobs, if my boss would say, hey, can you come in, come into my office? I want to see you. I immediately had this guilty conscience. What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? And then I would walk into my boss's office. She said, hey, I was just looking at Nordstrom's website and I was looking at these shoes. What do you think? But I immediately had this reaction that I did something wrong. And that was because my childhood, there was so much, so many things that I perceived as I did wrong. And that's why people got hurt. So a lot of times, what, whatever reactions we have to things, a lot of times they're related to childhood memories that we are still carrying around, that, that uh, suitcase, that luggage, that baggage that we're carrying around. So if we can learn how to tap into that situation that happened when we were younger and say, ah, that was then. This is now. This is a different person. I'm a different person. I'm no longer that five-year-old. I, by, by the way, I ran away when I was five years old and I was gone an entire week. And it was because of all the fear that I had. So I tap into that stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that, I mean, the story is fascinating because it does point back to how people perceive things or really how they're going to react to them. And those perceptions are driven by a lot of the roles that we have adopted in our own lives because we play multiple roles, right? I mean, we're, we're constantly playing different roles of family member or spouse or worker or boss or friend. We, we play all these different roles and those behaviors we're assigning to those roles that we put ourselves into really drive how we see things. And I'm I mean, the story is fascinating while well, these have been because it really points back to that, that being able to change our perception can change how we see things, which then changes how we experience them, which then changes how we can actually accept things and how we can use things to better ourselves. So, I mean, all this stuff is great. And another thing I see from the stories you're telling me is really this, this underlying notion of how important other people are on your team or in your inner circle. I mean, even talking about your husband, you've told him, hey, I want to change jobs. Not only do I want to change jobs, I want to quit this one. I want to sell the house. And he backs you on that. And all these other people you've met as mentors, that you've gleaned information from, it all comes down to really this belief that I think a lot of people have. I know that I have, and I know it's true, is that we're stronger together as we ever will be on our own. We're way stronger as a group. And that's kind of how we're made is to be these, these social animals that, that count on each other. And it seems like throughout your journey, 
this has been an important part of getting you where you are. And it almost seems like it's been such an important part that you want to create that experience for other people and create that ability to count on others with other people. Is that what I see happening in your life now? Is that the direction you're going? 100%. And it's interesting. I would have said 110% like people do, but there's no such thing. Okay. so, <laughs> But, but um, yeah, completely. So as you were saying that, it, it made me think of those, you said, you know, we're stronger, we're, we're uh, greater um, with a group, right? With a people with the common result that they want. So use an example of you're in prison and there's a gang fight, right? And then everybody piles in and they've got safety in numbers. Now that's a negative. But if we turn that around and we say, if you surround yourself with positive and uplifting people who truly honestly want to make a positive impact on this planet, then you can't help but become that positive, motivating, uplifting person who wants to make a positive impact on the planet. Because we end up, we, um, what do you call it? We, we assimilate to our, our, our situation. So if you put me, who speaks English only, right, you put me into a country like, say, you know, Arabia, I'm going to learn their language because I have to assimilate. Or I could choose not to because oftentimes people don't choose to assimilate. But we have that choice. We are human beings. We have freedom of choice, freedom of choice to put ourselves in whatever situations we have. So when my first husband was abusive, I could have stayed with him. My mom stayed with my dad for 55 years until the day my dad passed away. The first words out of my mom's mouth when my dad passed were, thank God the bastard is dead. Imagine if I had stayed with my ex-husband. Here it would be now 37 years later. I'd still be with him and I'd be unhappy just like my mom was, but I made a decision. Two years into our marriage, I was like, I don't want to live my mom's life. And I made a decision back then to leave. So oftentimes people are sitting on that fence. They're like, they're in that miserable situation, whatever that situation is in their life. It could be their job that they hate. It could be their spouse that they hate. It could be a roommates that they hate, but they put up with it. And we put up with things as long as we're willing to. People are like, well, I don't have a choice. Yes, you do. You have a choice. Maybe the choice will involve making a decision and doing something that really scares the crap out of you. But eventually, it's going to be a great decision for you. And it's, and it's going to be something that just changes your life. But you have these choices. Oh, go ahead. Well, and it sounds like the, you, know, you say choices and you say you have these choices. You can make a decision. But if you make a decision, you have to take action. And so I, it, it kind of draws me back to your book, The Year of Fears, and how there's a lot of fear that comes with making a choice. And there's a lot of fear that goes with taking action when you make a decision. And I want to talk a little bit about that if we could, because you have, I mean, you have this year of experience that, that really allowed you to see how, how limiting fear could be, but how liberating it can be when you can overcome that stuff. And I talk to a lot of people about risk tolerance and, and how people are, are willing to take risks and why and what kind of factors in, increase or decrease the risk they're willing to take. But some of these things that you talked about in your book, the fear of rejection, the fear of success, the fear of failure, all these, all these fears seem to be something that people are going to have to overcome when they want to take that action step after they make a decision, after they make a choice. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of that that, that correlates, that's connected 
that we have to try to figure out ways to get by some of these fears? Is that some of the things you're going to be going over in your mastermind and some of the stuff that you're helping people with? Because it does sound like your experience has kind of tailored you to be able to help people gain momentum by taking some of those action steps. Definitely. And what I love about this is that um, you know, I kept on thinking, I, I help people break through fears. I help people break through fears, which is something I have a natural ability to do because I face so many fears myself. And, and I was like, how can I apply that to my mastermind? Well, it was perfect because oftentimes in a mastermind group, mine is actually a mastermind accountability program. And it's like no other. We are on a call three hours a week where you're actually working, getting stuff done that you're, that you're not otherwise getting done. And what's cool about this is because I help people break through their fears. Oftentimes the reason people's businesses are not moving forward, are not moving into that next level is because of fear. So it could be a fear of, uh, I don't know how to delegate a fear that people are going to judge what they do, a fear that, you know, they, they feel like they have to be perfect and they're, they don't want to take that next step to, to just jump out there and do it. A fear that when I get on a phone call, people aren't going to want to buy what I have a fear that, um, people are going to judge what I'm doing and, and see it that it, it doesn't make any sense at all. You know, there's so many fears around business that if we can uh, overcome those fears or learn how to at least overcome it temporarily, then we can catapult our business to that next level. The reason I have like up-leveled myself, I'm constantly up-leveling is because I'm constantly facing fears. This last year, almost so amazing, Mike, I was on the red carpet interviewing stars at the Academy Awards after party. And that was something that was so scary for me to do, but I did it. And now guess what? It's become part of my comfort zone. And now I expect to be on red carpets. So it's like totally changed my perception because I broke through a fear. So every time we break through a fear, the fear might come back, that same fear. Like maybe you have a fear of speaking on stage, but you break through the fear to do it. And then you maybe have a fear again later, but eventually your fears will subside. And what I love to say is that faith erases anxious reactions, fear, faith erases anxious reactions. When you have faith in what you're doing, when you have faith that what you're doing is the right thing that needs to be done, then it literally will erase the anxiety that you have, which is fear. It'll erase it. It might like, um, erase it and come back a little bit, you know, but it will erase that anxious reaction. So I really question people when you have a fear of something, is it because you lack faith? That is really a, a thought provoking question because it does seem like you have to have, and I, you said it earlier, you have to have that confidence to move forward. And I think that, I mean, it goes, you know, what comes first, the, the, chicken or the egg, right? Like where does this confidence come from? Do you need confidence to take that first step or do you take that first step and the confidence kind of comes with it? But you you do have to have this, this faith and this purpose and this drive and this vision to move forward. I totally see that. That's a great, that's a great way to kind of think about that and think about people and think about all of these battles we fight in our own lives that nobody else knows about. It's really fascinating to think about it that way. 
And, you know, it's interesting. Another thing that I, that I kind of discovered along that journey too, is that, you know, we all have our comfort zone, whether you're in an abusive relationship. My mom was in an abusive relationship for 55 years. It was her comfort zone. It was negative. It was her comfort zone. Right. But then we also have different comfort zones. So what I like to say is rather than saying, Hey, step outside of your comfort zone, you know, get over it, step outside of your comfort zone. What I like to do instead, and this is what I do with my mastermind is I invite you into my comfort zone. So now we have safety in numbers. I'm helping you into your next level step because I've been there. I've done that. I know what to do. And I can say, like, for example, when you started your podcast, you might've had some fears over like, how do I do this? I'm not sure what to do. I'm not sure how often to do it. Like all these questions you had that there could have been some fears there. You know, I don't know if there were, but there could have been some fears. So what if instead though, like me, if I'm going to start a podcast, I say, hey, Mike, I'm getting ready to start a podcast. I don't really know what steps to take. Would you mind helping me out? And then you're like, of course I will. I know exactly what to do. Now my fear has transferred and I'm stepped into your comfort zone that you're going to help me. And I have faith that you're going to help me through the right steps to get me to where I need to go. So I like, again, I like to invite people into my comfort zone, which is, you know, doing these videos, which is, you know, helping people grow their business, which is, you know, writing a book. Like I wrote my own book, you know, publishing my own book. There's all these different comfort zones that I've created that I can now invite you into. And it makes it so much simpler for you. And now your faith is strong because you have that backing with somebody who can help you counsel, who can help you. And then your fear is weakened. Yeah, I think that's a great place to kind of wrap up this episode because of the really where you left it off is the fact that what we need as people, as social animals, is we need groups to succeed. We need to be part of groups. We have to get esteem from those groups. And when we want to change, we actually change by assigning ourselves a new role. And to do that, we need to know the behaviors of that new role, which is why I love what you're doing because I had never seen it put this way before, but it totally works because you're inviting people into your comfort zone. Now, not only are you helping them step into that new role, but you're giving them that prototype to follow so that they understand the behaviors and the belief systems and the values and the actions that they need to take in that new role because that's how humans operate. That's how we grow from you know, being a grade school kid to a high school kid and going from being a girlfriend to a wife or a boyfriend to a husband. I mean, we step into these new roles and we have to assign these behaviors. And I had never really heard it put like you just put it, but it completely makes sense on why the mastermind will be successful because you're tapping into how humans have behaved forever and how they have learned to to sell, to transform to become uh, something better than they were yesterday. That is super interesting. So now that I know all of this stuff you've done, and I know where you're going, and I know, I can see how how and why it's going to be successful. I think a lot of people listening may also see that. In fact, I'd almost guarantee it. So, how do they get a hold of you? How do they find out more information about this mastermind and and what you're doing in your book and all the stuff you have going on, how do they actually contact you and figure out where they might be able to fit in your future future plans and what you're doing to help people? 
Yes, thank you so much. I, first of all, I really enjoyed this. Um, you know, I, I love this topic. It's amazing to me. This is my purpose. You know, when you're living your purpose on a daily basis, you uh, life is just so grand. You know, it's, it's like everything is grand. But um, people can reach me at livingliveinc.com. That's my website. And they can email me if they want at you know, Linda, L-Y-N-D-A at livinglive.tv. And I'm really excited for this next, you know, next journey I'm heading on because I don't know where it's going to lead me. And I'm so excited about that because I don't want to put like, um, put a cap on my future. You know, I just like, it's unlimited. I don't know who I'm going to meet tomorrow. I met Richard Dreyfus, you know, award-winning actor yesterday. And it's just incredible to be able to be in these circles, meeting these people. And I love to introduce those people to my mastermind. So if, you know, people are looking to up-level themselves, I would highly recommend just, you know, looking into it and seeing what it's all about. Again, it's livingliveinc.com. Well, Linda, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, it's been, a, it's been great talking to you. It's been great hearing your story, hearing your plans, hearing how you're helping people. It really has been awesome. So thank you for coming on. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. All right, everybody. Well, if you got as much out of that as I did, I really would like you to subscribe, share the podcast with others, rate it, review it, and it really helps us grow the audience. So if you, if you like this conversation, which I think you did, because I know I did, please share the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. And if you need anything from me, please visit me at www.crucialtalks.com. You can email me, connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, whatever works for you. I'm here for you. So please feel free to reach out. Have a great week. And remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people. Please review, share, and subscribe to the Crucial Talks podcast. Visit crucialtalks.com.